Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created. Amen? In the beginning, God created. God existed before there was time, then God created time. And when time is no more, God will still exist. Amen? And what God created set into motion the things that has been, that are, and that will be. Nothing you or I can do will change it. It is inevitable. That's what I want to preach to you today. It's inevitable. Can we give the Lord a hand praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. We are told by scripture in Genesis 1 again, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then God set into motion aspects of creation that still happen every day of our life. Nothing will change them. Man cannot affect them. They will happen with or without us. It is inevitable that it will happen. In Genesis 1, in God's process of creation, God created day and he created night. The sun ruled the day and, moon, and the moon ruled the night and the seasons. With the creation of day and night, God gave man the gift of time. And every year that rolls around, we have winter, we have spring, we have summer, and we have fall. In every year, there is a time for planting and a time for harvest. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 11 says, I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. It is inevitable that times and seasons will happen. And from the beginning, day and night have happened every 24 hours. From the beginning, the sun has shone on the day and the moon has shone on the night. Not one day or one hour or one minute or one second have they ceased to perform their created purpose. It is inevitable that as long as time exists, from our perspective, the sun will rise in the east, and that's the east if you're wondering. The sun will rise in the east, and it will set in the west. Psalms 104 says, He appointed the moon for the seasons, and the sun knoweth his going down. Then God created man. In Genesis 2, verses 7, and then verses 21 through 24, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Listen, my friend, God stooped down and with his hands he created man in his image and with his hands he took the rib from the man and he created the woman. Into them 
He breathed the breath of life. Psalms 139, 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and thy soul knoweth right well. From the moment that we were created, God set into motions things that happen to us and in us daily. They will happen with or without our permission or interaction as long as we live. In fact, they are evidence that God, our creator, has given us life and they will happen as long as we do live. Your brain will rule your body's actions and you won't even give thought to what your body is doing. It happens automatically. Your brain tells your heart to beat and it tells your lungs to inhale and it tells your lungs to exhale. Thoughts are processed without your input. It automatically happens. You will experience hunger for food and you will know satisfaction when you have eaten. You will know hot and you will know cold. Fearfully and wonderfully, again, we have been created. These things have always been true of mankind. They are the inevitable signs of life that God has given to us. If today is your birthday, and you live till this same time next year, you will be one year older. Nothing can change that. That is also inevitable. Scripture tells us in Job 14.1 that man is born of woman and is of a few days and full of trouble. It is a certainty that life will have its challenges. That's inevitable. There will be moments of happiness and bliss And there will be times of trouble and there will be times of heartbreak. They happen to every person that lives without exception. Life will be very rewarding at times. However, it will also be very difficult as well. You cannot shield yourself from life's moments and times. You will experience the joys and the rewards of life, but you will also know the difficulties and the pain that just comes from being human. They are inevitable. You will deal with them. That's the way it is. By this time, I'm sure you're wondering, where in the world am I going with all of this? You've never heard me preach like this or or talk on a subject like this. There are some things that are inevitable. We cannot get around them. They will happen with us or they will happen without us. It makes no difference. There are some things that are inevitable. They will happen. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place today was born lost without hope and without God. And there's nothing that we can do to change how we were born other than the blood of Jesus, which we just heard about. Why were we born lost? Genesis 3 gives us the play-by-play report. Adam and Eve were created and were placed into a perfect world. And and they were given dominion over this perfect world. However, they fell into sin's temptation. And by their fall, sin entered into the world. You know that story. What was perfect and and knew no sin was now imperfect and in a fallen, sinful state. Every child born since that time has been born into sin. However, Jesus said in Luke 19, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come to seek and save the lost? It was simply to reconcile us back to God. That was the whole purpose. 
There was a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. Every day, the, the Spirit of God would come and walk in the, in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And there, Adam and Eve would commune with God and they would talk with God. It was the perfect environment. It was God's dream that God had built and God had placed man and woman there. But sin interrupted all of that. And when sin interrupted all of that, there was, there was something that happened that separated man from God. And it was called it was called sin. It was called disobedience in the garden because they were told not to touch the one tree in the midst of the garden. However, we understand this story. And it was inevitable that God was going to put the curse on them that he said he would put on them. And therefore, we became victims of time itself. We would grow older and we would be who we are now. But the thing that really that really broke the heart of God was the fact that he could not commune with man as he once had because man was now of a sinful nature. But that was the reason Jesus came and that's why Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost, was to rejoin us and bring us back into fellowship with him so that we could commune. And by the blood of Jesus, Sister Holly, we have the victory. And by the blood of Jesus, it is a cleanser, Sister Lana, of our souls. And I'm thankful for that today. So why did Jesus come to seek and to save the lost? The simple answer is he's coming back. He's coming back to receive us to himself. That is inevitable. It's going to happen. John 14 says this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. These are the words of Jesus. In my, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. It is inevitable. He has promised. He is coming back to receive us to himself. And just as certain as the day has 24 hours, and just as certain as there are four seasons in a year, just as certain as we live and we die, then just that certain church, Jesus is coming back. Mm. Hallelujah. I have preached this to you this morning to make you aware that he is coming. That his coming is inevitable. It will happen whether we look for it or not. Matthew 24 said, and Jesus spoke these words. He says, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus also said in the first chapter of Revelation, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So, if he's coming, what are the signs of his coming? What are the signs of his coming? That happens to be the same question that the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew 24. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, 
take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. That's happened. Okay? Check that one off. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Check that off. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. And somebody says, ah, it's not going to happen right now. But I'm not through yet. For the nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. That's happened. Then there will be pestilence. That's happened. Earthquakes. In diverse places. Check that off. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then, you might, back, you might stay, well, if that's the beginning of sorrows, then that means if it's the beginning, then we've got a little more time. We've got a little more time because that's just the beginning of sorrows. But let's go on. Then shall they deliver you. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Mm. That's happening. And shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for the name's sake. Do you realize right now you can be whoever you want to be, say whatever you want to say. You can say it about anybody you want to say it about, but you let a Christian open their mouth. You'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. In fact, Christians have been called by our houses of conflict that we're the biggest enemy to society. That's come out of the mouth of our U.S. representatives and some of our senators. So, we shall be hated of all nations for his name's sake. Check that one off. And then shall many be offended. Hmm. Go ahead and check that off. And shall betray one another, and you can check that one off. And shall hate one another, and you can check that one off. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And boy, just turn on your TV and listen to some of these TV preachers. You can check that one off. Or YouTube. Some of these so-called prophets on YouTube. You can check that one off. And because iniquity shall abound. Hmm. In other words, because sin abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Check that one off. You know what? We've checked every one of them off so far. And this is Jesus saying the signs that he's coming. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Oh, back up and let's read this one. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Now, whether everybody in the world has heard the message yet or not, I do not know. But with satellites roaming in the atmosphere, it is available to anybody that has the ability to tap in because the gospel is being preached around the world and we can check that one off because then he says then the end 
shall come. It's inevitable, church. He is coming. I said a few weeks ago, the only thing that really needs to be fulfilled is end-time revival. Well, have you paid attention to the last 10 days? Mason just brought it up. Asbury University, they're receiving the Holy Ghost with speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. These are kids that didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost, and they are speaking. We visitors of many denominations including our own have gone to that site and they have seen what is happening there and these kids are speaking in tongues as the spirit gives utterance it is also happening in Lee University and it's also happening somewhere in Ohio I don't remember where that is and so I, this week I was just thinking God what what is this where is this going what where's what's happening from here and it was like the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is the beginning. So get ready. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear it breaking out. I prophesy this. You're going to hear it breaking out in secular colleges. You're going to begin to hear it breaking out in high schools. And I'm still looking for the day. They're going to call and say, we need you at, at Grand High. Boy, what a, what a thing that's going to be whenever they call and say, we need you up here because we got kids talking in languages they never learned and we don't understand what's going on. And somebody says, that's what you preach. So we want you to come up here and tell us what's going on. I believe it. I believe it. His coming is inevitable. His soon coming is as sure as the sun that rose in the east this morning. Church, Jesus is coming. It's not a long way away. It's not a time to go to sleep. And it's not a time for us to sit back on our laurels and say, well, we've got plenty of time. That's exactly what the devil would have you to do. That's exactly what he wants you to do. He wants to lull us all into a place of complacency. But I have come this morning to tell us it is inevitable. Jesus is coming and is even at the door right now. Right now. Right now. My question to you, are you ready? Are you ready? Have you asked yourself that? Are you ready? You know, I tell the story, and I've told it before, of my dad preaching the service, preaching the service in dry prong. And dad could, dad could dangle you over the pits of hell. You could smell the, the, the smoke rising from hell. You could even feel the flames. And when that, that, if daddy would get through preaching about hell, the altars would fill up, and, and it would just be a great, great time. But one night, daddy is preaching with all of his might, and he's... he's just going at it as hard as he can. And he says, this could be the year that the Lord comes back. And he says, this, if it's not this year, it could be this month. And if it's not this month, then it could be this coming week that the Lord would come. And then he said, if it's not this coming week, then it could be today. And if it's not today, he said, it could be this hour and possibly even this minute. And he, and he spoke to one of the men in our church and he said, 
Because the church faced the east and he said, go and look and see if the Lord is coming. But I can tell you this this morning, that will happen many years ago when I was just a teenager. No, the Lord has not come yet. But we are that much closer. And we have gone through things and we have seen the fulfillment of prophecies that had not been fulfilled yet at that time. However, that generation was looking for the coming of the Lord. And I'm telling you today, this generation is preparing, not just looking for, but preparing for the coming of the Lord. It's breaking out all over. It's going to happen. It could be even today. It could happen. Ah. It could happen. Almost I almost feel like daddy did. I almost feel like asking someone to go and look out that door and see if the Lord is coming. But I can hear them as they return and say, no, I don't see the eastern skies splitting, but I feel it in my heart. There's a quickening within me that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. I'm through. I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm asking the most seasoned saint of God in this house right now. Are you ready? I paced the floor in my office a few minutes ago. And I said, God, I got to be ready in order to preach this message. I got to be ready. Are you ready today? What if the Lord doesn't come today or next week? But what if your time to go comes? I can't tell you when that's going to happen. No more than I can tell you at the exact moment that the Lord is going to come. But I can tell you this. I feel it in my heart. He is coming. He is coming. I believe there is a gathering in heaven right now. And I believe the angels are around the throne. And I believe that they are standing in anticipation of the Lord looking at them and saying, Gabriel, pick up the trumpet. Maybe Gabriel's already got it in his hand. But whatever it is, get ready to sound off. I want my church. I want my bride. I want my children to come. I want them to come. And then the eastern sky. It will happen. The Lord is coming. So I ask you, church, are you ready? A friend of mine, maybe you've never even thought about your eternity. Maybe you've never even thought about the fact that one day this world is going to end and, and there is going to come a judgment, but it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's what our Bible tells us. It tells us that the days of this old earth are numbered. It's going to happen. They, they, they can get into all this green stuff they want to get into, but when he says it's enough, it's enough. Whenever he says it's time for this to be over, it will be over. And there's nothing you can do or I can do that will change it. When he's ready for us, he's going to come. And it could be today. It could be this afternoon. It could be tomorrow. Bob, Brother Bruce, you're just trying to scare us. I wish I could. I really do. I, would, I wish I could paint you a picture that would, that, that would just 
just boggle your mind. There's a story. I will tell, I will tell one story. Dad was working for Orkin, and uh, he had a route past Orkin, past control. He would go to this guy's house every month, and he would spray the house. He knew Daddy was a preacher. And he said, Preacher? He said, I had a dream last night. He said, I dreamed the Lord was coming. And he said, I saw this vast open pit. And he said, the sides of it were sloped. And he said, I would, I could hear people screaming. And he said, it was like, it was like oil and it was just boiling. And he said, I could hear the screams of people out of hell. And he said, I would see a hand, a blackened hand as it would reach up and grab a hold of that side. And it would just simply slide back down as that individual would just scream. He said, preacher, that was hell. That was hell. And he said, you know what, preacher? If I died this minute, I'd bust that place wide open. He said, I believe that with all my heart. Daddy said, no, you don't. You don't believe it. He said, because if you saw what you saw and you thought it was possible that you would die right now, he said, I would have heard you whenever I pulled up in front of your house. I would have heard you calling upon the name of Jesus. But I want you to know this. It's going to be just that real. It's going to happen. He's coming. And so as a church and as visitors and those watching us online, I'm asking you, this preacher stands before you, I love you with all of my heart, but I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Father, I've delivered what you asked me to deliver. The load's lifted. The load is lifted. I just pray right now that every heart will examine itself. Every individual in this place will, will examine themselves. If there is a possibility we could be lost, bring it to our attention. Let us feel it in our spirit. Because there should be no one in this place if they have your spirit in their life and they're living according to your word that they should doubt their own salvation. But if there is doubt in our hearts, then God bring it to the surface right now so that we would know it and we would recognize it. And help us. Help us to be ready. I ask you, forgive me of all my faults, of all my failures. Forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me of any sin that is in my life. Forgive me, O oh God, of, 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 of sins of omission, sins of commission. Forgive me. Wash me in thy blood. Be a cleanser of my soul. Let that be the prayer of everyone that is in this place today. And I give you thanks today. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed. These altars are open. It's been a long time since I just preached evangelistic. These altars are open. 
I don't care how long you've had the Holy Ghost. If you feel like you just need to go, Lord, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. These altars are open for you. They're open. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. I just want to make sure. Because he could. He could. I know. You've heard messages like that before. He, but he could. It could be today. It could be. It's just while you've got the time and while you're in the right place, in the right atmosphere, it's time to surrender all of the kingdoms of your heart and say, here I am, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. He is faithful. He is just. To our visitors, thank you for being here. Those watching online, thank you for watching today. God bless all of you. He's coming. It's inevitable. Thank you.